0: I want you to know and understand what we're going to talk about today. And by the way, if you have your Bibles with you, and I hope that you do, but uh, if not, you can follow on the screen. If you want to turn to the book of Ruth, chapter 3, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 5, third chapter of Ruth. Um, Not at all what I had planned and was intending on uh, talking to you guys about months ago when Ron said he was going to go on vacation. I had this great creative idea of, Uh, You know that commercial that's out that's, what is that in your pocket? I I had this great idea of talking about what is that in your pocket with the the rich young ruler and, and all of that. And God, for some reason, for somebody in here today, kept leading me to this passage in Ruth and uh, talking about this uh, story with you today. Now, I will say this. As I was putting this together, I found a lot of the coach coming out of me as well. So I want you to know and understand that this message today, I hope for someone in here, I hope for many of you in here, uh, is a message of hope and encouragement uh, for things that might be uh, about to happen in your life, for things that you might be on the verge of, because this message is about allowing God to work in your life like he wants to do. And we so often prevent him from allowing that to happen. And we so often, I think, um, take our own blessings away uh, because we try to do things on our own. We try to do things ourselves. And we don't let God work in the way that he wants to work. So if you are in a stage... um, an aspect, a period of your life where you have been praying for something. If you are uh, in an area of your life when where you have been wanting something, or you feel like you are on the verge of that happening, but you haven't got there yet, then today's message is for you. Um, and it is a spirit-filled message from God that uh, I hope uh, that we all get something out of today. I believe that we as a church, and I believe that our school is on the verge of great things happening. I, th- I can see God moving. I can see those things happening. And I can't wait, as I hope you will be in your lives, I can't wait to experience the happening uh, of God moving and God's blessing. So if you'll join me in um, the book of Ruth, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. It reads, One day Ruth's mother-in-law Naomi said to her, my daughter, I must find a home for you where you will be provided for. Now, Boaz, with whose women you have worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash, put on perfume, and get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know that you're there until he has finished eating or drinking. Don't mess with a man while he's eating and drinking, right? When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Seven steps. I want to talk to you about seven steps that I think if you will take and you will allow God to be your pilot, Notice I didn't say co-pilot. I know there's a bumper sticker out there that God is my co-pilot. He doesn't need my help. God needs to be our pilot. And if we will allow him to be our pilot, then it will happen. It will happen in your lives. If you can follow and apply these seven steps, what you are on the verge of in your life, what you have been praying for, what you have been seeking, If you allow God to be in it, and it's really what God is wanting for your life, it will happen. What we read in this scripture is we have one woman, Naomi, speaking to a younger woman, Ruth, and giving her these steps to follow in order to make it happen. And I believe if you'll apply these steps in your lives, you too, whatever is pending, whatever is on the verge of your life, will and can happen with God's help. Now, a little bit of background information on Ruth. I know you know the story, and it's a whole other message, so I won't spend a lot of time on that. But basically, years before Naomi and her husband had left the Bethlehem area, they had left, there, was a, there was this drought, and things weren't, weren't good, so they left the, the chosen area, the chosen nation, and, and they went off to a foreign country, Okay? Mistake number one. Then, while they're there, their sons marry Moabite women. God's word said they weren't supposed to do that. Okay, another problem. Well, Elimelech, her husband, dies. Ten years later, the boys die, and now Naomi is there with her daughters-in-law, and she says there's nothing really left to do but for me to go back to my homeland where things have gotten better. So the the daughters in law say they're going to go with her. Naomi pleads with them, don't do it. Um, Orpah stays, but Ruth says that famous scripture wherever you go, I will go, your God will be my God. And she goes to Bethlehem, back to Bethlehem, with her mother in law, Naomi. But no one understand, Ruth is going into now a foreign country. She is the foreigner. She is a Moabite woman. She worships a God that the Israelites know is a false God, an idol God. She, she is coming into an area it, it would not be easy for her to find work. It wouldn't be easy for her to fit in. She is a misfit. She's a foreigner in this place. And so Naomi is trying to to help things out and and trying to to get her to have a life outside of this poverty, this poor life that she is living. And that brings us to where we're at in our our scripture for today. So we read this scripture and we're looking at seven steps and let's just get into those. Here is step number one. Know what you're going after. you got to know what you're going after. You, you you just can't live your life meandering around, wandering around, and wait till you land up on something and say, "Oh yeah, that's what I was looking for." It, it just doesn't work well that way. That's not how you find a target. Ruth wasn't looking for any man. Ruth wasn't looking for a man. Ruth was looking for the man, the particular man. That Naomi was telling her to go, that she had been preparing herself by getting to know him, by working with the people on his property, the other women, doing some things, learning everything she could about that situation. She had a specific goal of where she was going and what she needed to do. All of her life had been been preparing her for this moment. Her more recent years... Having been in Bethlehem, she had encountered Boaz. She had gotten to know him. She had learned about him and she learned everything she could. She wanted to know everything that she could about him. And I believe that most people don't succeed because they don't know what they're going after. They don't know where they're headed. They're not preparing for what is in store for them. People don't take time to research what they're going after. Sometimes they ask for things, and then they see if they want them. We go to God and ask Him for things that we don't even know if it's in our best interest. We don't even know that if it's in His will that's what we should have in our lives, or what He wants us to have. you got to be careful about what you ask for because you just might get it. And then you decide that it wasn't best or, or, or you don't want it. And before you start babbling to God about what you want God to do, you have to make sure that that is what he wants for your life and what's best for you. You know, the old patriarchs in the Bible, whenever something came to them, whenever the people would come to them and say, we need this, we want this, the old patriarchs in the Bible always went to God and asked God if that was what God wanted, if that was what his will was, that they have it. That's a very significant question that I think that that we need to ask because if we're not supposed to have it, if it's not in God's will, then you begin to covet what other people have. You begin to covet. And God speaks very strongly against coveting things that aren't meant for us. Here's the bottom line. He only wants you to, To have what he wants for you and not necessarily what he wants for me. He only wants for me to have what he wants for me. And not necessarily what he wants for you. But most people don't live that way. Most people want everything they see that somebody else has. And we fall in that category sometimes. But some people want it more than others. Sometimes they buy clothes that let's just let's just say don't always look the best on them right sometimes they buy houses or cars that they really can't afford but they're trying to keep up with somebody down the road but if you really want to be a winner if you really want people to look at you and think you got it going and you know what's going on if you really want to come off as you have your act together or that you're kind of bright in your decision making Then only go after what you are meant to have. Only worry about you. Only worry about what God's plans are for you and what He has in store for your life. If you approach it that way, it's going to make you look successful. What makes you look bright is when you choose your battles. There there are some things that you don't want to battle. There are some things that you don't want to fight. There are some things that you might not be gifted in, in a certain area. And you don't want to covet someone else's success. I I know it's a joke, but there's a lot of truth to it as well. I am not a singer. (laughs) I'm not going to seek that gift to come up here on stage with you guys and try to present myself as being that. That's not me. That's not a gift that I have. I love listening to it. I love participating collectively. But it's just not a gift that I have. And you got to be careful about that because not only the covet, but another word that I want to, to, to bring up is the word envy. We can get envious of other people. We can get envious of their things. We can get envious of their gifts. And when you become envious of other people's success... You failed to become everything that God wants you to have and everything he wants you to be. There are, I believe, in your life, defining moments. There are moments that if you handle them properly can change your life. It's at these moments that everything you're going through is justified. Now get this. Everything you're going through is justified because they are preparing you for the blessings that God has waiting for you and wants to give you. That's exactly what Romans 8.28 means when it says that all things work together for those who love the Lord. You realize at that point in time, if I hadn't experienced that, I wouldn't be ready for this defining moments. Everything that you took me through during that time period, everything that I experienced and you allowed to happen to me in that season of my life was simply preparing me for what you have in store for me and the blessings that you have waiting in the plans that you have prepared. Now I'm ready. Now I'm ready to go after what God has in store. Because you prepared me for this moment. So know what you're going after. Be clear about your goals. Don't wake up in the morning and see if something is going to happen. Wake up in the morning and make something happen. Get out of bed with an, with an agenda. And I probably lost some of you right there, okay? But get out of a bed with an Agenda. Because people who get out of bed without an agenda are simply just waiting to go back to bed that evening. And then you know what? The days turn into weeks, and the weeks turn into months, and the months turn into years. And then you have years of mediocrity. (laughs) And years of mediocrity cause people to become bitter in life. You get around bitter people. I'm guessing you're getting around people that don't have much activity going on in their lives. I'm guessing you're getting around people who are complaining. People who are jealous because nothing's happening. But if you want to get around less complaining, if you want to get around less gossiping, then get around busy people. Because busy people don't have time to worry about what's going on in your life. Busy people want to move on with their own. What's going on in your life doesn't interest them as much. People who don't have anything going on, they'll watch your life like it's a soap opera. (laughs) Intrigued with what's taking place because they don't have anything going on. Get out of bed with an agenda. Get out of bed with a purpose. Because when you have an, an agenda, you don't spend your time worrying about what people, other people are doing or how you feel because you have something to do. So, first step, know what you're going after. Okay? Step two, wash your face. It's what Naomi told her to do. Wash your face. The, the, the instructions Naomi gave her are really extremely interesting. She says, wash your face. And what she is saying is this. Don't let your past... Represent your present. Wash it off. Wash your face means to wash off everything that you've collected along the journey.
1: Get rid of
0: it so that you're ready for what God has in store for you. You are preparing yourself for where you're going. Wash off your past or wash your face so your past doesn't pollute your present. We need to do that. You wouldn't believe the number of people who have ruined where they are because they can't get rid of where they were. They can't get rid of where they came from. You sit across from people, done it in interviews, and they come into an interview, and all they want to talk about was how bad their last job was, how badly they were treated. And after a while you detect that bitterness in their lives. And and the whole problem, the whole problem, the problem is not that they're not qualified for the position. The problem is not they're ready to, to take. The problem is they haven't washed their face from the last situation and prepared themselves to move forward. They're not ready for what God is ready to give them now because they're still polluted by what was going on in the past. Wash it off. Sometimes you can't go forward until you wash off what was in the past. And I don't care how long it takes. (laughs) Keep working on it. Wash it off so that you can move forward. Maybe in your life you're not ready for Boaz. Because you haven't gotten rid of the things that happened in Moab. Wash it off. You got too much on you from yesterday. Clinging to issues from the past. I shouldn't be able to look at you and see those issues because you haven't washed your face. You know, it's possible to be delivered from something and still not to have washed off the effects of what you've been through. But you can't move forward until some people are losing out on their opportunities in life because they simply hadn't got rid of that face. Naomi tells Ruth, "Wash your face, girl. Wash your face. You can't go to the bed of Mo, uh, of Boaz looking like a Moab. Moabite. All right? Now, no one understand I, I might want to make a clarification here a little bit because in this story you're looking at this and saying, "Man, that was That's kind of risque, wasn't it? She goes to the bed of Boaz and is waiting for him to invite her into bed or whatever. No one understand that in their custom this this had nothing to do with wanting any kind of an affair or anything else. This was all about protection. This was all about saying, I need your help. This is all about saying if you. What would happen in their in their culture is if Boaz would take the corner of his blanket and allow her to get in and cover her up, then he was going to be her protector. He was going to to be able to take her in and say, "I will take care of you." Okay, it was just a procedure that they went through. So in order for For Ruth to be able to go to that situation and be prepared for that moment, she had to wash her face and be ready for what was getting ready to happen, what God was bringing to her life. A lot of people think that you can do things in life to cover up situations. Education might be one of them. You say, well, I've got an education. You know what? You can go to the university of i have more degrees than a thermometer and it still not help you out okay you you can you can have the education you can have the diploma you can have the school loans <laughs> to prove that you've been there you can have the tenacity you did everything you're moving around with people with Uh, affluence You're, you're you think you're in the right place but you're not able to handle it because you haven't washed your face you haven't gotten rid of things that you need to get rid of in order to move on and you're trying to change the whole situation for your own benefit for the situation to fit you and everything's not going to change just for you preparation know what you're going after Wash your face in order to get ready. Then the third thing she said, this is interesting. Put on perfume. Put on perfume. Get a little bit of that Chanel number five and put on. That's interesting, is it not? What was she saying? What was Naomi actually saying to her? Know what you're going after. Wash your face and put on perfume. What she was saying was anoint your body, anoint it. Wash your face, then anoint your face. And what she's basically is saying is, put on a fresh attitude. Put on a fresh attitude. You know, they, they anointed themselves in biblical times, and it would do the same thing that basically today that people put makeup on for, right? A fresh look, make you look clean, make you look fresh. And Naomi's saying, you need to anoint yourself before you go so that you are putting on a fresh attitude. Clean look. That's what anointing does. It gives you a glowing look. It gives you a sense of excitement. It gives you a positive attitude when you're walking into the room. And understand this, understand this, it was something she had to put on. It was something that she had to do. We live in a culture today. We live in a we live with a generation today that has the philosophy that we just need to keep everything real, keep it real, keep it real. And, and keeping it real means expressing everything you think. And there's a time to have good conversations about things. There's there's a a, a time to research. And stand up for things. But I also believe that if that's your overall philosophy. And you just want to keep it real. And you don't want to to refresh. And you don't want to anoint yourself. That keeping it real might just keep you broke. Keeping it real might keep you unemployed. People don't want that. What they want is for you to come in. In the morning into a workplace. Or into an environment. Or to where you are with this glowing attitude. And say... Man, Caleb, it is good to see you today. The the, the joy of being here and in this situation today, I'm so happy to be here. This is a great place to be. And I'm just being honest with you. They don't don't want you to come in. They don't want to hear you say, if you want to watch them scatter, when you come in, they don't want to hear you say, Oh, my goodness. The traffic was terrible. My babysitter was late. I'm over it. I'm just over it. You ought to be glad I'm here today. Nobody wants to hear that. They want you to put it on. They want you to put on the anointing. She said, put your perfume on. Put the anointing on some people i know we don't talk about this we don't we don't teach this but put it on the bible tells us to put on the armor of god when we go out into the battle the bible says we should put on the characteristics of our lord jesus as we're interacting with people and i'm going to say this sometimes you feel spiritual sometimes you might not have that spiritual feeling Put it on anyway. Put it on anyway. It doesn't matter if you don't feel that spiritual at the time. You must put it on. Because here's the deal. If you don't start changing your attitude, you just might miss out on your altitude. God has things in store for you. God is wanting to bring you to a new level, and your attitude might just keep pulling you down. How many times have you been in a situation where, where, where you've been working with a sales clerk, somebody in sales, and you're, you, you're just there and you know without the shadow of a doubt there is no way in the world I'm buying anything off of this person? Right? You've been there. Their attitude. Somebody else can come up. Maybe they did. Somebody else came up and sold it to you just because they had a better attitude. It wasn't about the product. It was about their personality. They put it on. You know, even the Lord doesn't want you to serve Him with an attitude, a bad attitude. The Lord doesn't want that. The Bible says to serve the Lord with gladness. God says, Come before me with thanksgiving and praise. He said, I want you to come before me singing. Don't come in here moaning and groaning and saying, well, I almost didn't come to church today. You ought to be glad I'm here. No. He says, when you come into my house, come into my house singing and praising. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So it doesn't matter how you feel, put it on. Because when you put it on, God will change you. And he'll change how you feel. But you have to put it on. Fourth thing she said, basically. Change your garments. you got to put on your best, right? Change your garments. Changing your garments means to prepare yourself for something that hasn't even happened yet. You, You have to prepare yourself for it. Okay, you washed your face. You anointed yourself. Now, put on... Clean garments. She hadn't even made it to Boaz's yet. She wasn't there, but Naomi told Ruth that before you go, you got to get your garments on now for where you're going to be then. When you get there. See, God is going to bless people who are prepared. He blesses prepared people. A prepared person for a prepared place. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. Prepared people are, are prepared for something that hasn't even happened yet. If you do this, no one understands you might look ridiculous at times. You might you might look a little bit out of place at times. But you're preparing for where you're going. Well, why would you do that? Because when it happens, you don't have a chance to get ready. In the moment, you don't have a chance to get ready. You have to be prepared. For that moment. Have you ever been in a hotel? Maybe you go down to the lobby and you're dressed for a wedding. And everybody else is in a swimsuit. And you're kind of like, I'm going to a wedding? Or maybe you do it subtly and just say, hey, honey, what time's the wedding? Because you want them to know the reason you're dressed the way you are. You are dressed for where you're going. Okay, I'm going to a wedding. You have to understand that even though you might look funny, what you put on told them what your destination was going to be. Put on your garments. And then she says to get down on the floor. To get down on the floor. That's number five. Basically saying go to the place. Go to the place. In other words, move into the place where your blessing is going to happen. Get to that place. Get to that spot. Have you ever noticed that when depression sets in with somebody, maybe you've experienced it yourself or you know somebody that's had depression, but whenever depression comes, one of the first things it does is tries to get you to stay in the house. Tries to get you to stay in. Because the devil knows that in order for you to get to a certain level of blessings, you have to go to the place. You have to go to the place. It's a dangerous thing to stay too long in a place where you're overdressed. It's all right to be in the lobby as long as you leave and get to your destination. But if you're going to stay in the lobby too long, it's going to mess things up. Because you have to move to the place that you prepared for. And we're preparing for. Why am I going in this direction? Because he's calling me to that direction. Why are you doing that? Because God told me that it's his will that I do that. You go to the beach. You go to the pool. I'm going to the wedding. Because God's called me to go to the wedding. Do whatever you want to do. But I'm going here because he's called me to be here. My blessing awaits. Have you ever, anybody in here ever felt uncomfortable where God has called you to be? Yeah, sometimes it might be a little bit uncomfortable. But I want to tell you today, if that's the situation in your job, in your relationship, in your church, whatever that is... Don't don't start feeling sorry for yourself. If it is the place that God has called you to be, I would ask you this. Didn't he tell you he was going to change you? Didn't he tell you that you would be a new person? What I would tell you is don't blow this moment. Don't blow your miracle. That miracle is for you. You've moved into the place for God's blessing on your miracle. And that's what Ruth is doing. She's moving into the place. And then she says, now when you get into the place, and this is critical, step number six, when you get to the place, when you get to the place, Ruth, remain quiet. I, I, was, going to say, I was going to have that just say shut up, but I thought I'm going to be nicer and just say remain quiet. Okay? Remain quiet. Why? She says, don't get to the place and try to solve everything and do everything on your own. Don't do that. Get to the place and remain quiet. All God wants you to do is to get to the place and wait. She says, go to the bed of Boaz and wait. Now here's a woman who is all dressed up for this occasion a woman all ready for this big moment in her life something that's going to change her destiny and the person that God's going to use to do it is asleep <laughs> you ever been excited about something and nobody else around you is excited first thing you want to do is i'm going to make them excited Right? Uh, they're, going, they're going to see this the way I do. They're, go, they're going to get excited too. That's your tendency. But God says, just wait. Just wait. You don't have to open this door. Because when God opens the door, great things will happen. They that wait on the Lord, will re, the Lord will restore, will renew their strength like the eagle's. Just wait. This time something great's about to happen, Ruth. Something great's about to take place in your life. You get to the place and stay silent. Your blessing is about to happen. You're on the verge of the biggest miracle ever in your life. Something big is about to happen. God is about to bless you. Your miracle is on its way. It's your turn now. You've prepared for this moment. Now here's an issue. Listen to me. At this point in time right here is where unfortunately too many people give up and walk away. Right when the miracle's about to happen. Right when the blessing's about to come their way. They give up right before receiving the blessing. So step number seven. Never try to shine when the light isn't on you. Why would I say that? And what's that got to do with our story? You see, Ruth never spoke to Boaz until Boaz spoke to her. Okay? Never try to shine when the light isn't on you. But Listen to me. Listen to me. But when the light comes on and it's your time to shine... Give it everything you got. Give it everything you got. Now, I, I want you to think about it this way. When a woman has a baby, there is a particular time when she is supposed to push. Is, is that not right? There's a certain time. Doesn't do her any good do it early, right? Might even cause issues. There's a certain time. When a woman has a baby, she has to push at the right time. And when that time comes, she doesn't worry about being cute. She doesn't worry about what her hair looks like. Matter of fact, she turns into more like a football player. When when, when it's time to push. Ruth waited until it was time. And when it was time, she was ready to speak. When it was time, she says, I'm Ruth, the Moabite. And I need you to cover me. She was prepared. She wasn't afraid to speak up for herself. She knew when to be silent. And she knew when to speak. And what that reminds me. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the walls of Jericho. That they marched around for six days. Right? They were silent for a whole lot longer. Than what they yelled. But when it was time to yell. They were ready to do what they needed to do. Get in your mind the thing that God might want to do in your life and get ready now. Get ready now. Take the steps to be ready for your blessing. Take the steps to be ready for your miracle. He wants to give it to you. He wants to to bless you. Get ready when it's time to push. Get ready when it's time to shout out to the Lord, to God for what you want to happen and be willing to shout it out. It'll happen. It'll happen. Seven steps that if you follow, something will happen. Well, why am I so sure that that will happen? Real quickly, and and Spencer, if you want to bring the team up, go ahead and come on up. I want you to think about this situation that At the very beginning, we talked about Ruth being a Moabite, and now she's come to Bethlehem, and she's in uh, Chosen Land. She's, She's with the Israelites. She's with God's chosen people. But she was a foreigner. Why in the world would Boaz even want to cover her? Why in the world would Boaz even want to cover, to take her in? Well, if you know the story... Boaz was the son of a lady named Rahab. Rahab was the prostitute who took the spies in and protected the spies so that they didn't get killed and asked the spies, I know your God's the Almighty God. Just when you come and take over the city, spare me and my family. And they said they would. And so Rahab has a son named Boaz. And Boaz was a foreigner when the Israelites came in and took over. He knew that feeling of being a foreigner. And so Boaz ends up marrying Ruth. And they have a son named Obed. And Obed has a son named Jesse. And Jesse has a son named David. King David. And 30-some generations later, we have a king named Jesus. God has plans for you. God has miracles waiting for you. God wants to bless you if you'll get yourself prepared. Because God's a way maker. God's a miracle worker. And that's the song that the team's going to sing for us now and we're going to sing together. So if you want to stand, and if you're, you're here today and you know, you know you haven't taken the steps, you know that you haven't even taken the step to even know that. You have a relationship with this way maker, this miracle worker, this light in the darkness. But you want to experience that? I pray that you come up today and let us, let us talk you through that. And you accept the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior. A lot of us just have been fighting off our blessings. A lot of us have just been trying to do things on our own and, and, and solve our own problems and our own issues And we just need to back up and listen to Naomi and follow the steps that she gave Ruth so that we can position ourselves and prepare ourselves for God's blessings in our lives. If that's in our lives, if that is you today, I pray that you have that conversation and prayer with God to allow you to start preparing for your place. If you're here today and you're looking for a church family and you think East Columbus Christian Church might be group of great people you want to hang out with and study from and become a better disciple for Christ we'd love to talk to you about that as well but I'm going to pray and we're going to sing Waymaker and I, I pray you all just get your hearts right today let's pray